Welcome back to the Cedarville Stories podcast. Today's episode is part two with Sean Hess. He graduated from Cedarville University in 1990. Listen as he shares about his own podcast, Time to Man Up, as well as the importance of being honest about your struggles in the Christian life. Now here's your host, Mark Weinstein. Well, it's good to have Sean Hess back on the Cedarville Stories podcast. As you remember last week on the program, we were talking about a a variety of things. Mainly, it's centered on on how the Lord transformed his life, took him from maybe a guy who was so self-centered that he wanted to do things his own way to really uh, changing the trajectory of his life where uh, it turned to really he was to become devoted to, to Jesus and the ministry of the gospel. And that's where I want to pick up today's conversation. So, Sean, as we resume and we move past your Cedarville years, let's fast forward to your current ministry, right? Uh, t- time to man up, because it sounds to me that this was not your original ministry plan. Um, how did the Lord move you from the pulpit ministry to focusing primarily or maybe even solely on men? So that journey, Mark, takes me all the way back to my my final year before my internship year at seminary. So it was around 95, 96. I was sitting with a group of seminary room, and uh, they're all just talking about these spiritual things. And, and I'm like, I'm the business major. You guys are all Bible majors. I'm taking every theology class I can because I need to learn those things. But they're all talking yeah. about spiritual things. And, and I just think, how can I ever be like that? Because that's not just who I am. I'm the rough around the edges guy, made more mistakes than good decisions. And all of a sudden I just opened up and I said, guys, here, here, here's my life. And what was amazing is all of a sudden uh, the, the facade that was there of those men began to break away and they began to share their struggles. And I thought there's something here. And, and there's something where we as men are so surface oriented in the way that we talk with each other. How's your sports team? Hey, nice car. We really don't dig in. And so over the years, God began to really use me in men's ministry. Even as I was a senior pastor, God was cultivating some things with men's ministry to where my greatest joy is hanging around with rough around the edge guys. Uh, that's one reason right. why I love hockey. I don't play hockey with a lot of Christians. And I love that because I hope they see it in me, but I've had guys that have persecuted me, but then when they have a need, they come to me and say, would you pray for me? And there's part of me sometimes that thinks, yeah, whatever. But God always shows me that those are the inroads to reaching people. Yeah. And when you play adult hockey, it's pretty late, Mark. It's like 10 or 11 on Saturday night. So when I was preaching the next day, it made it tough. But there were times when I would go out to the bar with them, have my Coke and and appetizer and sit with those guys and just listen. And all of a sudden, God began to open doors. And every step of the way in ministry, I began to see men hold it in and hold it in and hold it in. And then at some point, somebody is going to absorb the brunt of their when they let it go. And, and how can yeah. we help men build those relationships? We, we say it with time to man up. 
it's time to stop skipping stones across the water and start throwing some boulders that go deep. Right. Yeah. Well, I want to, I want to go deeper into that topic in a little bit, but as I, I think about time to man up, why do you, why do you think men in general have a, have difficulty opening up and being real with other people it, or, or other men? Yeah. I could take that all the way back to our grandfathers and, and, and go back to, just men. My grandfather, my dad's dad, he came home from a hard day's at work, sat down, watched the news, had dinner, maybe watched a sports game, and then went to bed and started it all over. And there really wasn't a lot of communication. You didn't hear words like, I love you. You just didn't have that affection no. of the hug. And I praise God for a dad that broke that cycle. Because he helped break that cycle so then I could take it and go a whole nother level in that. But just men have been raised to hide your emotions. And, and you know, then when somebody blows up, we're like, oh, what happened? Well, you should know that's going to happen because when you hold it in so long, at some point, somebody is going to respond in a poor manner. And then all of a sudden we turn the blame toward them rather than saying, what should we be doing along the way? And to be honest, Mark, the church is the guiltiest of offenders with it because everybody walks through the golden doors of the church and they act like their family's great, their marriage is great. And the reality is there are a lot of families falling apart. And so when they leave those golden doors, they're back to the mess. And we haven't helped them at all. They should be able to be real in the church because we have what can help them. So as I... Um I think about what you said, you know, I, I think of churches where I've attended, <clears throat> I see the women doing a lot better job of ministry to women than men do to men. And that's, that's, that's a shame. So how, how can that be changed and what can we do to come alongside men so that um, they feel comfortable and they can be vulnerable right. at a certain point. Yeah, and at my last church, we uh, the ladies would always ask, how is the men's ministry doing well and the women's ministry is struggling? Because that's not normal. Really? Yeah, that's not normal. And what it was is God gave me a really good right-hand man. And a man named Doug, he just was there with me all the time. And what was amazing is God brought him through a marriage situation and then raised him up into leadership with men's ministry and what we were willing to do, Mark, is ask the hard questions. And we were willing to be transparent in our own lives. My wife always said, I never know what you're going to tell people about us when you go to men's ministry, because if we're not transparent, if we're not open about our struggles, then how do we expect other men to? So when a pastor says, you know what? I went to bed angry last night. The Bible says not yeah. to do it, but I did it. And you know what I found? When I woke up, I was still angry. And then all of a sudden, people are like, you know what? Pastor has a problem with that. You know, because I tell guys this, you're usually not as bad as it feels that you are. And usually it's just a little tweak on the knob that can help you get things back in alignment. But we know this. If you're out of alignment with God, everything else is going to be out of alignment. Yeah. Yeah. So what was it? After 32 years uh, as preaching, what what events led you to moving away from the senior role and the preaching role to starting 
uh, tying the man up. Yeah. When I was on my internship, Mark, my senior pastor said to me, he said, you've got a danger that you need to be aware of. He says, you are a hard worker. And he says, but you expect that of other people too. And uh, that was clearly my downfall because uh, I, I worked so hard that I wasn't making time for self because I saw that as selfish. And, and, and I wanted to give as much as I could. And though my wife would warn me of that, I still stayed the course. And we do that in the name of God, in the name of service, we, we do that. And uh, so that was wearing me down. And also just uh, when I began to work with some individuals that just felt like they weren't putting the time in and I didn't feel like I had supportive leadership, when, when, you're, a, when you're a mountain taker, and you don't feel like you have people backing you, all of a sudden you get hesitant and people begin to second guess. And, and to be honest, uh, it was just back to that. It was a difficult time dealing with people in the church because people yeah. throw criticism out at people real easy. And we know this. I just did a podcast on this, actually. No one wants to lead but they want to have a say in it and they want to be critical of the people that are willing to lead. And I think that's one of our faults is that we need to step up and we need to lead. But that's why we have men that are afraid to lead because when they see somebody get treated poorly, they don't want to take that role. And so that's the challenge. And what we found with men's ministry, Mark, breakout groups were amazing because you've got to get men in smaller groups if you expect them to talk. Most of them are not going to open up in a group of 20, 30 people. Right. But you get them down in a more intimate eight to 12 people. Now, all of a sudden, they're going to begin to share. Or as they see other people share, it's going to make them more willing to share themselves. Yeah. So when did you launch Tying the Man Up? And then as a follow-up to that is what's the purpose of man to yeah. uh, Tying the Man Up? Yeah, so... Well, myself and Doug, we always put the curriculum together. Uh, actually, it was interesting because uh, a pastor from Memphis had spoken at Cedarville, and my, and my mom sent me the link, and she goes, you got to listen to this guy. He was amazing. And this would have been somewhere around 2009. So I got on his website because I was impressed with him. Got on his website, and I'm sorry, I can't remember what his name was, but on his website, he had a, a study for men's fraternity. Robert Lewis. And that intrigued me, Robert Lewis. And that study, men's fraternity, fraternity transformed my life. Because you look at the, 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 the definition of authentic manhood and rejecting passivity, accept responsibility, lead courageously, and invest eternally. I tell men, I tell my kids, my boys this, if you do those four things, you're going to make right choices along the way. You're going to do the right things. And so I use Robert Lewis at the beginning of every study I do because those four concepts of authentic manhood have been the foundation of everything that I have done. And so we did all three studies of his as a church. And then we did some other studies over about a four-year period. And then what we found is that there wasn't a lot of good curriculum out there that was available the one we were going to do, the pastor that had done it had some morality issues and the curriculum was still good. We just didn't think it was the right time for that because of it. So I said to Doug, I said, let's make our own. 
And we began to develop that. And we could tell God was in it because as I laid out the outline for us, it just flowed. And I said, Doug, I said, God's doing something here. I said, I don't know what it is, but God is doing something here. And that turned into uh, Man Up began where we met once a month on a Thursday night for about two hours. And we would have about 80 to 100 men that would be there together. We would sing worship. And uh, it was awesome. I mean, when you hear men sing, and I mean sing, there is nothing like that. And so for a couple of years, we did that. And God just continued to bless that. And that's what led to uh, Time to Man Up. And what I love about it is I always tease that a woman made our logo. And what I love about our logo is in the middle, you can see a cross and then an upward Mm. arrow. And uh, she came up with that. I just came up with the man up and and she said, check this out. And she showed it to me. And instantly I was like, that's it. That is it. The focus on Christ. He's the center of everything. And our focus has to be up. Yeah. I, I commend you for what you're doing. I, uh, before we moved uh, to Ohio or in, in, in Indiana, that's where I first was introduced to Robert mm-hmm. Lewis and men's fraternity at uh uh, any free church in St. Louis. And, you know, it's, it was a great study and, uh, I still struggle with, um, passivity. I think that's a, yeah. a guy thing. I think, um, I need to reject passivity more, but, uh, I, I trust your uh, ministry will really break down walls and barriers that men face because if they do follow those four principles and then w- w- everything else that you're teaching, um, we'll be in better shape. Yeah, I think too so, many men choose neutrality. Yeah, uh, and, it's safer. And it, exactly, but we can't be Switzerland. We've got to step <laughs> up and we've got to get in men's faces. And if we yeah. know they're struggling with things like pornography, we've got to get up in their face and address it. If we know they're into gambling or drinking, we need to get up in their face and address it. But we're afraid to because we know that the minute we confront a man on something, we open ourselves up to that same confrontation in another area of life. That's right. But we've got to risk it. Yeah. I, I, I tell people, man, I'm not perfect. I'm a messed up dude. But don't worry about me. God's working on me. How can he work on you? And because they want to deflect it. And they want to say, well, you do this. Well, yeah, I'm going to answer for that. But I want you to be the best dad and the best husband you can be. We as men all do things that we shouldn't do, and uh, we all can improve. And so we need we need to have uh, ministries uh, guide us, teach us, and other men to be in our face on a, on a regular basis. Accountability is really valuable. Oh, yeah. Yes. So um, as you were starting this ministry, I could see potentially uh, you could have been apprehensive. You had definitely had to walk out in faith um, to a degree, but did you actually – start this ministry with a, with a bold confidence, believing this is really what God had for you to do? Man, I had to, Mark, because I was leaving a job where I was making a, a decent paycheck. All three of my kids were out of college now, so that, that meant that we were actually going to be able to save for the future. And uh, all of a sudden, kids are gone. We're, we're living life on cruise control. And then this happens, and I'm like, am I a crazy man or what? Because I'm leaving to go to something that, I mean, I've been out of the full-time ministry since March 6th. And so we're coming up on a year where I haven't had a job. I've been working hours for no paycheck. But when you believe in something, you're willing to do those things. 
And I believed uh, 100% that there was something here. But what I did not know is that a podcast would ever be part of what I did because uh, mm. guys were telling me, Sean, you've got to take this curriculum. And what I know is this, in the church I was in, I was really going to only impact the people at that church. God is now opening doors where I am hearing from people throughout the United States. They'll text me or they'll, they'll message me on YouTube or something, and they'll let me know the impact. And I'll, I'll get phone calls and those things make it worth everything. Yeah. When you hear about men making good decisions, but when we first did this, let me just tell you, if you're going to do something like this, you need a woman that's supportive. Yeah. And my wife has been amazing. And uh, we knew that the goal was she had to get a job with health insurance. If I, if we were going to take this on. And so she got that job and we are working right now of expanding uh, time to man up and getting in some different areas. Because here's one thing that's important about time to man up. I never wanted it to be Christian as far as the main focus was Christians. Because the reality is, is every man has the same problems. So right. let's, I don't know why we in the church think that non-believers are just going to come to church. Church is weird. I mean, when you think of communion and things like that, a, a person from outside the, the church, it seems a little cultic kind of. And so why would we ever think that people would come and say, yes, I love church. So we've got to take it to them. And that's what Jesus did. Jesus went out to the right. people, but we get comfortable in our church and we want it to be about us. But God says, man, I want you to go out and be in the world, but not of the world. And so what we're yeah. trying to do is not all of our guests on the podcast are going to be believers, but what we're yeah. going to do is the foundation of everything is going to be the word of God. And uh, there are things that that we need to understand that are real to every man. When you look at reject passivity, every man's yeah. got that problem. Yeah, we do. <laughs> I, I I know that. Probably one of the, one of the um, encouraging things for me, something that really excites me is, you mentioned it, just being in the world and not expecting people to come to you, not expecting people to come to church. Right. Uh, I don't say this for uh, uh, for any reason other than if it fits this conversation. But back in St. Louis, we, my wife and I, were in a Sunday school class. Uh, I believe it was called like "Just Walk Across the Room." Yes. And and what that one thing that we took from that is having at least annually a meal with for our neighbors. And we we've done that in St. Louis. We've um, we've done that here in Ohio. We've been in Ohio now thirteen years, and we all. <laughs> It's, it's so much fun to be around neighbors. I think the majority of my neighbors aren't, aren't believers. Right. But just to interact and, and build in their life, and hopefully they can see a, a difference in us, that it's more than just we're feeding them, but we want relationships with them. And that just gives the opportunity then to actually present the gospel, right? Yeah. And, and Mark, part of that, it starts with us being willing to admit who we are, sinful people. Yeah. Because yeah. too often Christians get in that environment and they are legalistic and judgmental. And, 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 and I love that Paul said, man, I'm the worst offender. I'm, I'm the least of all these men that you look up to. I'm the least of these because he knew he had persecuted the church. And sometimes we convince ourselves that we're not that bad. Yeah. But we are. And, but, and if you, if you give us to our own way, we're going to make some bad choices. Right. We're, 
we're not that bad, uh, Sean, when we're comparing ourselves to each other. Yes. But but that's not the comparison. The compa- comparison is Jesus, and we're woeful. We're bad. Yeah. So earlier uh, in this podcast, you talked about stones and skipping stones. Um, I think you. I, I'll quote you as saying, "It's time to to stop skipping stones and start throwing boulders in the water." What did you mean by that statement? Yeah, I use boulders instead of grenades because. People get hurt with grenades. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But what I what I know is this: I have spent a majority of my life asking men surface questions. I mean, I'm guilty. I'm a bad offender of that because it's so easy to ask surface questions. Because I can say, "Hey, how's your sports team?" And uh, that's not offensive to someone. But if I go to someone and say, "Are you loving your wife? Are you caring for your children? Are you setting an example?" What I know as a pastor of 32 years is this. Usually a family is at church because of the wife. Right. It's usually not the husband driving that car to church. It's the woman trying to get everybody together. But there's one, I don't even remember where I heard this, but it is so true. When you get the man, you get the family. Right. When when you get dad to be committed to church, to be serving in church, his boys, his daughter are going to look up and they're going to say, that's what I want to do. And I think that guys fail to recognize that they are not only setting an example for how their boys should live, they're setting an example for the man their daughter should look for. And we need to be the men that are doing that in our lives. And so we need to be willing to take those chances. And we've had one time we had a, a lady reach out to us and her husband was going through some struggles and uh, thought everything was going well. She contacted us, and, and it wasn't. So myself and, and Doug, that my right-hand man, we got in the car, and we went over to his house, and we confronted. Because that's what we have to do. If we really care about people's souls and the decisions that they're making, we have to be willing to put ourselves on the line for it. And what I know is if you do those things, some people are going to leave. They're going to leave the church because they don't like that. And they want to go back to safety. But hopefully at some point, God's going to work in their life and bring them back because he knows you love them enough to be willing to talk about it. And when you, when you just said what you said, um, there's one thing about playing church. And there's another, and this is where you're hitting at, is living a life fully devoted mm-hmm. to Christ. And I think sometimes men are more guilty of living the life of church than being fully, wholly devoted to Christ. Mm-hmm. And I see your ministry potentially as being that bridge that will help men do what they need to do when they need to do it. Is that fair? Yeah. And that's why uh, that will doing that helps a man make those hard decisions when you're weighing out. Do I go to church or do I go out on the boat? Do I, do I, you know, do I go to worship God with the body or do I do something else? Yeah. Know, when you're committed, you're going to do those things. Yeah. So one wrinkle, and you mentioned this earlier in the podcast, uh, that Time to Man Up has is a podcast. And I know you said that you never envisioned that you'd ever do a podcast, yeah, let alone know what a podcast was. <laughs> um, so it's, it's quite an accomplishment to create a podcast. Um, have you ever done anything like that? Or did your preaching experience just help you um, 
develop the program because you're known to speak a lot. Mark, I could preach in front of thousands of people and not get nervous. I just, God equipped me that way. That's how I am. But when I pushed go live on the podcast, I was scared to death. I was nervous. What I really began to think, and I think this is a question that a lot of men question, am I good enough? Do I have what it takes? And a man would rather not try than find out he fails. But when you are not willing to try, you also can't see God work and bring success. So really, we still have a long way to go, but what we have seen taking place, you know, it's like that little spark that lights the field on fire, but it starts slowly and it continues to build. We are hearing stories of men's lives being changed. And to be honest, I still don't know how you make a living on this. They tell me you can. I I don't get that. But the changes that I am seeing made in people's lives, men's lives, are well worth it. And it's not just men we hear from, it's wives that we hear from. Because they're going to give you the true barometer of how things are going. And so it has been amazing. But what happened is this. Uh, We were meeting with an individual who has a podcast and uh, at one point worked for uh, Fox News. And she said, Sean, you need to start a podcast. And I... I had not thought about that. And within a couple weeks, multiple people said that. So I told my wife, I said, what do we do? I don't know how to do this. We had an amazing guy who's become just a great friend come alongside. And he said, I want to help you make this happen. And so he helped even finance equipment because equipment for a podcast isn't cheap. Right. And he was willing to help me. And he has been a blessing to me. And here's what was amazing. He was living in Florida and his area code was the same as mine. And I'm like, 937, we have the same area code. He was from right near where I was living up in Troy. And God brought both of us to the same place at the same time. You cannot tell me that God isn't amazing in the way that he orchestrates our lives. And I'm just amazed time and time again how he does those things. And that's what he did in this is he has continued to open up doors in just miraculous ways. So what are the topics that you typically talk about on the podcast? And then how can people find your podcast? So what we've done is the the first one I, we did just on kind of letting guys know about myself, because what I wanted to do is develop that, that transparency that, that people knew that I wasn't this guy that got everything right. I, I got more things wrong, but in getting things wrong, I learned a lot of lessons and I hope yeah. that's valuable for them. And uh, plus I was in the ministry. And when you see a messed up person that was in the ministry, you're like, okay, there's hope for all of us then. And so I I was hoping to just encourage men in that way and uh, to speak truth. And so when we went through this, um, we just talked about how ministry went, but then we went through the the definition of authentic manhood. And we just got done since you've been through uh, Robert Lewis, we just got through the four faces of men. And I love the four faces of men looking at our role as a king, a warrior, a lover, and a friend, because those are very important roles that we play. One of the things I'm looking forward to, Mark, is I want to take on the things that the enemy has stolen from us that God gave to us. I won't get it onto it here, but the rainbow. Think what that represents now compared to what God meant it to represent. Marriage. Right. Right. Let's talk about this, and let's... The world is celebrating things that should not be celebrated. Where are our Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego's that are willing to speak out and deal with the consequences? 
Uh, Sean, my last question as time has gone is as you look at uh, your past year or so of starting uh, Time to Man Up, how are you seeing God use your ministry for his glory and purpose? And that is, again, through uh, every time I do a podcast, I really think, am I really giving value? But here's what we need to know. All we are called is to be obedient. And you cannot change a man's life by the words that you say, by the actions that you do. You can't do that if God is not in it, if the Holy Spirit is not moving. And so before every podcast, before I record each one, I just stop and I pray. And I pray, God, these are man's words going out. But I pray that you would use Mm. them to impact people's lives. And what I know is this. There are verses that I've heard time and time again, and they meant nothing to me. I hope that doesn't sound really bad, but I would hear them and they really didn't resonate with me. But there would be that one moment where it was God's spoken word to me and it hit me in a totally different way. And my hope is, is that when men listen to it, that it'll be that moment where God uses it because if God's not in it, it's not going to happen. And so we always commit that to him Knowing that, again, Paul says, we want to become less so that God can become greater. And my hope is this, in my willingness to talk about my failures, that people will see God's redemptive work, whether it was through high school, whether it was through Cedarville, or through years in the ministry, that God has continued. And the life of Joseph, Mark, is one that I've really been resonating with because that man did not wish to get thrown into a hole, sold into slavery, falsely accused, and then left alone in prison and forgotten. That's what I felt like when I left the ministry. I felt that way. Like, God, Mm. I've given you 32 years. Why does it end like this? Because I saw it as an end. But God saw it as there's a famine coming, and I need somebody to provide for my family, Joseph. Sean, This world is getting bad and men are being put down. They're made to look foolish on TV. It's time that we start having men that will step up into the role that I created them, the role that Adam messed up from the very beginning when when he just stood there and watched that happen. It's time for us men to stand up and begin to live in obedience to God and know this. We will answer for our marriage. We will answer for our families. When we stand before him, what are we going to do about that? Oh, well said. Well said. And I wish I had more time to talk, but uh, we've exhausted it. And uh, if God is in it, it's worth doing. And if God is against it. <laughs> yeah. And if God isn't in it, there's no reason to be in it. So uh, exactly. Sean, thanks for joining me again for the second week in a row on the Cedarville Stories podcast. I, I look forward to following your ministry and I encourage men to man up. Uh, and do the things that we are called to do as men and as leaders. And I'm speaking to myself as well. So thanks again for joining me this week on the podcast. It's great to be with you. Mark, thank you very much. It has been a joy to be with you. And uh, as always, uh, go Jackets. We back the Jackets. (laughs) Back the Jackets. You got it right. Thanks, Sean. Take care. Thank you for listening to the Cedarville Stories podcast brought to you by Cedarville University. If you were encouraged by today's episode, share it with a friend. Please rate and review this podcast on your favorite podcast provider. And connect with us at Cedarville on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook.
And be sure to come back next week when we'll hear another inspiring Cedarville story for God's glory.